We're in a series called Nativity, and so it's almost like what we're doing is, if many of you maybe in your homes have a nativity set, it's like we're picking up each character one at a time and letting that character tell us the Christmas story from their perspective. So a couple weeks ago, we started with Mary, and we, heard, we studied her story and saw her amazing humility in willing to, being willing to lay down her life for God's plan and called herself a servant of the Lord. That was awesome. And then last week, we looked at Joseph and kind of the theme over Joseph's life is he had a plan for his life, and yet when God revealed a better plan, Joseph laid down his plans and followed God's plans. That was awesome. So today, I'm really excited. We're going to talk about angels, and it didn't hit me until maybe in the middle of the week that a lot of nativity scenes don't have angels, like that, you know, maybe the wood carving angel. It's like in our home, it's always been, what do you do with the angel? We kind of have a felt angel. Everybody else is made of wood, and you have to kind of put him up. So like sometimes we'll tape him on top of the little manger, little barn thing there, or maybe he's on your Christmas tree. I was driving through our neighborhood the other day. We had a, like a, somebody in our neighborhood has a nativity scene, and they kind of hung an angel up in the tree. So like where do you, but they do play a really key role in the Christmas story. And we're going to see today the, the role they play. And you see they keep appearing at different times. And so today we're going to talk about angels and uh, very prominent. And so I want to do a little competition. And the first responder needs to be a junior high or high school student. Okay. So, and if I hear that, hear you get the right answer, you get a stocking stuff or a little candy bar. Okay. My aim isn't the greatest. So if you're in the vicinity, <laughs> just duck. Okay. Let's give it a shot. So I'm looking for three different Christmas carols, one at a time. Just give me one that has the word angel in the title. Junior high, high school student first. Out loud. We just sang one. <laughs> Come on, last hour, somebody got it right away. I just can't, just. Okay, let's open it up to anybody who had your chance. Okay, what do we got? There we go. We just sang that. That was low-hanging fruit. Angels we have heard on high. Good job. Look at that aim. Two for two. Okay, I need one more. Now anybody can answer this. Let's go. Wow, you guys, not, not to knock you, but nine o'clock got this right away. So while you're sleeping, they're alert and ready to go. Somebody, one more. Yes, Ron Herman. Good job. Oh, Sorry if I took anybody out back there, my bad. <laughs> All right, angels from the realm of glory. Okay, so they're very prominent in this. Their title is in some carols and all of that. Um, but I'd also say that in our world today, there's a lot of angel fake news. There's a lot of misunderstanding about angels. Um, sometimes people will think and, and, uh, that when you die, you become an angel. And that, I don't see that in the Bible anywhere. Or that if you were an angel it would be pretty boring. Like this far side comic here kind of shows a dude with angel wings saying, I wish I brought a magazine. I can just promise you that angels are not bored. Here's the next one too. Uh, I don't think we're supposed to be doing that up here, Mitch. So it's not like uh, angels aren't supposed to be plucking birds out of the sky. In fact, I don't see that anywhere as well. So a lot of angel fake news. So we're going to spend a few minutes looking at what does the Bible teach us about angels, but really we're going to focus on what do the angels teach us about the Christmas story. What I'd like you to do is stand with me, and I'm going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14, very, very famous reading of the Christmas story, but this morning our spotlight is going to be through the eyes of the angels, the characters in this, in this story. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. 
Let me read it to us. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let me pray. Father, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would speak to your people. Thank you for this topic. Thank you for the angels, amazing creatures that you made to do your bidding, to serve you, and in this case, to bring us an amazing message. And Father, I pray that you would elevate this beyond just being a history lesson of what happened over 2,000 years ago, but I thank you that the message of the angels is still incredibly relevant to us today, that we are a people in need, in desperate need of good news and great joy for all people. So speak, speak to us today. In your great name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys. Grab a seat. So we're going to talk for a couple minutes about just angels, asking a couple basic questions. What are they and what do they do, all right? So if you were to just search angel, it appears, the word appears about 282 times in the Bible. Just kind of did a quick read-through of them this week. Uh, The Bible says that angels were created by God. They are amazing creatures, but they are not to be worshipped. You see that very clear in Hebrews 1. It says, we do not worship angels, we worship Jesus, all right? So angels are God's servants. They do his bidding. Uh, Angels also have free will, and so don't understand all the details of this, but uh, there was a time before the earth was created and all that, that there so Satan is actually a fallen angel, and that Satan was able to convince some of the angels to follow him, and that's, we refer to as as demons. And so, but the Bible is very clear that Satan and his angels will not prevail. In fact, hell is a place that is prepared for Satan and his angels. So um, sometimes when angels would appear to people, they appeared with brilliant glory. In fact, if you were in Angel 101 class and you were being taught about going to earth and speaking to people, you'd be taught that your first two words are going to need to be fear not because everybody's going to be blown away by you. They're going to be astonished at your glory and your presence. And so they were. So, so many times when angels did appear, uh, people would just freak out, all right? But there are also times, according to the book of Hebrews, that angels can appear and kind of go incognito, just kind of blend in with what's going on here. So angels are incredibly powerful. In Isaiah 37, for example, it says that one angel, one angel, took out 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. In another place, it says that God sent one angel who cleared out the promised land for God's people. Incredibly powerful beings. In fact, in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 19, at Christmas, we celebrate Jesus' first coming. In Revelation 19, it talks about Jesus coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he's coming with the host of heaven, with the the, uh, angelic host. And it says that they are all wearing white satin for the final battle. And guys, that battle 
is no contest. Like, you don't wear white or satin to a fight unless you know that fight is going to be decisive and over. And so if one angel takes out 185,000, Jesus and host of heavens, guys, that's going to be a very decisive battle once and for all against evil, and that's angels. Okay, they're very strong. So, but what do they do? What's their role? I'd say primarily they're there to comfort and protect and serve God's people. They're ministering spirits that God can deploy to take care of his people. Now, God doesn't have to use an angel. He can deploy whatever he wants to bring us comfort, but he at times uses angels. We see in the life of Jesus that after he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, that the angels came and ministered to Jesus. There was another time in Jesus' life where he had an incredibly intense night of prayer before his arrest and crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane, a very, very, uh, just hard time for Jesus as he was praying. And the angels came and ministered to him in that situation, in that context. I love this verse, Psalm 34, 7 says, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear his name. So um, sometimes maybe one of the fake angel news concepts is that we all have a guardian angel. Don't see that in the scripture, but we do see that God has at his deployment just myriads of angels. And if God, for some reason, wanted to comfort you, protect you, uh, care for you with an angel, he can do that. It's not like, oh, I'm out of angels. Sorry, Doug, I'm going to have to leave you hanging today. Like, so you don't have a guardian one, but there are myriads from whom God can choose to send, and if he wants to, care for you with an angel. And so, uh, but I would say the main role we see in the Christmas narrative, because angels appear at least four different times in the Christmas story, is that their main role is to be a messenger. In fact, the Greek word angelos, angel, means messenger. And so they bring a message from the throne room of God to God's people throughout the Christmas story. And so over Thanksgiving break, my family and I, my parents live outside of Des Moines, so we went and spent a couple days in the Des Moines area, and I gave my kids each the chance to pick an activity we would go do as a family. And so one of the choices was an escape room. I had never done an escape room. How many of you guys have done an escape room before? I feel like I was one of the last ones to do an escape room. And so there's one in Urbandale that we went to. If you don't understand an escape room, they basically put you in a room and you're locked in there and you have an hour to find your way out. And the way you get your way out is by finding room we were in. It was a pretty plain room, but one of my daughters noticed a hole in the floor, and we, it turned out to be something you opened up, and there was a flashlight that shined like a black light, so you could see things would appear that you otherwise wouldn't see, and somehow that got us, I was kind of lost right from the beginning, so right away, <laughs> that got us into a, a, a room that had tons of clues and signs and all that, so, but one of the features to it was that we uh, got there, it was on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so it wasn't really busy, and the owner was named Teresa, and Teresa ended up being our room host, which meant that she was kind of watching us in there. It was a little bit creepy at first, but like, so we were starting getting, you know, we were getting, getting our way through the room, we were answering some clues, but then we got stuck. And so what we were able to do is go, hey, Teresa, uh, we're kind of stuck here. And she goes, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> so when you were over at that map, look at, look at China more closely. Take that flashlight and just see if you start noticing con- some connections between some cities in China. We went, oh, that was the next thing we needed. It was probably about four or five times. We're calling out to Teresa. One time she's saying, hey, remember, no repeated numbers, so maybe one of those sixes could be a nine. One time I sneezed, she said, bless you. So that was a little creepy. (laughs) So that's going on, but eventually, finally, 
and all that, and it opened into a third room, and we got out of the escape room in 39 minutes. Not the record, but it was pretty good, thanks to Teresa helping us out, right? So, so think about the role that angels play in the Christmas story, kind of like being in an escape room, and yet God is revealing to the main characters things that they otherwise wouldn't have seen. For example, to the, to the shepherds, the angels didn't say things like, hey, guess what? Your sheep stink. Hey, hey, guess what? It's hard sleeping on dirt every night as a shepherd, isn't it? Uh, guess what? There's predators out there trying to kill your sheep. Like, they know that. Hey, guess what? Your job's on the line. If you lose some sheep, you could be in big trouble. Hey, guess what? Caesar is kind of ruling your country right now with an iron thumb, and it's a really hard time. You guys are really oppressed. Like, the angels didn't come with the obvious. Those guys would have known those things. But the angels came with a completely different story. In a world filled with bad news, the angels brought in good news. In fact, um, one of our teaching, we, the pastors of our three campuses meet um, every other week and talk about the, the passages we're preaching. And Josh, up at the North Campus, reminded us this week that that, that angel's message, I bring you good news, that's all one word in the Greek language, and it's basically, I'm gospeling you. Hey, shepherds, I'm going to gospel you. I'm going to good news you right now. So in the midst of a hard life, we're going to talk about shepherds next week, in the midst of a dark world, the first thing from the angels is, hey guys, I want to open your eyes, and I want to gospel you. I want a good news. I want to bring good things into your life. And guys, this is where we're not talking history. We're talking about us today, because we do live in a world that's filled with bad news. And if you're watching cable news, and you're watching the scrolling, or you're getting the alerts on your phone, it seems like we're constantly reminded of terror, or of injustice, or of political infighting, and just moral failure, or just like it's just bad, bad, bad news. And so in the midst of that, the angels want to lift our eyes up and show us that there is a God who has good news for us. That all the news isn't bad, but there is good news from above. In fact, uh, in the teaching team, we, this statement for the Gospel of Luke, that Luke is salvation to unlikely people through unlikely people. And that'll especially be true next week. We talk about the shepherds, but, but this is God's heart, is for us to see that there is good news, that we can lift our eyes beyond our circumstances, and that he is a God who loves to reveal himself, that he's a God who loves to rescue us, and that he's a God who loves to restore us. And so those are the three things the angels want to teach us in this story. So first, that God reveals himself to us. He is a God who loves to show his people who he is. He's a God who loves to communicate with us and show us his goodness, okay? So imagine if we were just on this planet and we were just here to try to figure it out on our own. And I, I just remember even this week a couple different times talking to a couple of families going through some really hard things right now or talking to one family that's at a crossroads career-wise, like, do we take this job? Do we stay here? In all three conversations this week, it came around to, like, can you imagine trying to do this life without knowing God, like, without God in the picture? And so J.I. Packer is an author. He wrote a book called Knowing God. In his very first chapter, he has this quote. I just love it. He says, knowing God is crucially important to the living of our lives, as it would be cruel to take an Amazonian, Amazonian tribesman and fly him to London and put him down in Trafalgar Square and leave him as one who knows nothing of English or England to fend for himself. So we are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. 
this world becomes a strange, mad, painful place, and life in it a disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. But we have a God who loves to reveal himself to us, that he has good news, great joy for all people. He's a good God. See, in the Christian story, the Christian explanation of how we got here is that God has existed for all of eternity, not just as an individual, but as three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That he's a relational God. He's, he's got a perfect love relationship within that trinity. And so for eternity past, that's how he's existed. No needs, um, really content, really set up in perfect love with those three. But yet God decided to create us. So why would a, a God who is so perfect in, in love and having everything he needs, why would he make us? Well, he doesn't need us. So he made us to be objects of his love, ones that he can share his love with. He's created us in his image so that we could also become part of that love relationship that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit share, all right? He didn't need us, but he created us to love us. In fact, you look at Genesis 1, where it says God created uh, the first man and woman, created male and female. The first thing he did to them was bless them. He just, they didn't earn it. They didn't prove themselves. He made them and blessed them. That's the heart of our God. And so what the angels wanted to reveal to these shepherds, first of all, is that we have a God who loves to reveal himself, and he's a God who is very good. And so maybe one question we can ask out of this so far is like, well, how can I hear from God? I was asked that question last week on a walk up towards the golf course and dog park and all that. It's just a favorite place I go walking with people. And there's a guy right now that's really just trying to really sort some things out about who God is and is he going to really follow God or not. And so he asked me that question. He goes, well, how do you know that you're hearing from God? And so, because I'll just break it to you, most of us are not going to have an angel appear to us, right? You're not going to have an angel in your room, and I can't say that for sure, but for most of our experiences, that doesn't happen. But we still have a God who likes to talk to us, likes to reveal himself to us. And so, when I was on that walk with my friend, there was a couple answers I gave him. As you look through the Bible and the teachings of Christianity, that God reveals himself to everybody on the planet through creation. Uh, some, sometimes people refer to that as general revelation. God reveals himself very generally to every person on the planet. In fact, Romans 1 tells us that God does that so clearly through what he has made that there's not a person on the planet that has an excuse to say they didn't know God existed. That's how beautiful, astonishing, ordered that God's creation is. And I've met so many people that that was step one in their journey to God. Sometimes even people from the realm of science that are blown away by how intricate the design of this world really is. And so, so God reveals himself in general ways, and through his creation is one example. But God also loves to make sure we see specifically who he is. And I'd say the two main ways he does that is through the life of Jesus and through the teachings of the Bible, through the word of God. And so, so I was telling my friend on this walk that yeah, I believe we can hear from God, that God is a God who loves to speak to us, and he may do it through creation or through some of your circumstances, getting your attention there. But bottom line, he would love for you to know Jesus. Jesus is the one who explains God to us. And so, so as you begin to pursue this God who wants to be known, what he's going to show us is that he's a God who rescues us. He's a God that, that loves us, who sees where we are, but he wants to rescue us. So verses 11 and 12, in what we read, the angel's message was this, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So this, this message right here, you guys, this is like that woman in the escape room talking to me. Like we would have never seen that clue. Like these guys would never expect that God himself had come to earth and is now in a manger about a mile from where they are. Like they would never figure that out, right? Especially shepherds, middle of the night. And so this was something astonishing that was revealed to them. Guys, this is an astonishing statement to us today too. The angel is describing who Jesus is. The angel is describing how God has set out to rescue us. This is the only time in scripture those three names, those three titles, those three descriptors from Jesus are put together in one statement. Jesus is Savior, he's Christ, and he's Lord. But the lead word there was Savior. Because here's the deal. In the Christian story, remember, said God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, perfect love relationship, created us to be a people that he could bless and love. But in the Christian story, it goes on that we are a people who have rebelled against God. That in spite of all that he created us for and all that he has done for us, we still have in us a rebel heart that goes after our way instead of his way. All right? And so that cuts us off from the life that God wants to give us. And really that exposes us uh, then to the wrath of God, that God is a holy God, is a perfect God, and God cannot just kind of let injustice and, and being mistreated like he has been by us just kind of sweep under the rug, right? And so not only has that cut us off from God, but you look throughout the world and you see what that's done in our relationships with each other. You see uh, the depth to which humanity has plunged because we have rebelled against God. So we are in big trouble is part of the angel's message. But this God who created us to love us, to bless us, has now sent us a son who is Savior Christ and Lord. So guys, what this message does, this is kind of the the core of the Christian message, the gospel, is that we are a people created by God, but we have rebelled against God. And now we are uh, cut off from the life that God has offered us. And so we are in big trouble. And if you want to describe how big our trouble is, how about this? Our only hope is that God himself came to earth in the form of a child, grew up to be Jesus Christ, who had to give his life on the cross to rescue us from our sin. Like that is how much trouble we are in. And so what the Christian message, the gospel message does to us is that it amazingly just humbles us. Like there is nothing in us that could undo the rebellion we've heard against God. There's nothing we can do to fix ourselves or this world. We are in such, such a horrible condition that Jesus had to come and die for us. But on the other hand, the Christian message is amazingly uplifting, that you are that valuable to God that he was willing to do it. He was glad to send his son to die for us. And so what's really interesting today is that you will see in our world, in, in the secular world, in a humanist world, as, as people describe what humanity is, we go to two extremes, like the wrong sides. A lot of times we'll just have an overinflated view of ourselves. Oh, we can fix it. You can do this. Like, it's all us. And, and, uh, but yet you look at the backdrop of history, and even today, it doesn't seem like our increased education is actually helping. Like, so maybe the Christmas message brings us back into more of a humble place. No, we are a broken people, and we need fixing. But the other extreme you'll see in our world a lot of times is when people begin to isolate certain people as being garbage or trash or worthless. 
And man, the Christian message says no to that because every person on this planet creating the image of God is valuable to God, so valuable to him that he had his own son come and die for us. And so this is, you know, as the God is revealing himself, this good God is revealing himself to us. One thing we hear from the angels is that he is a God who rescues us. And I don't know exactly who I'm talking to in here this morning or live streaming and some of you may look at your life and go, man, I am a wreck, or I have look at all that I've done wrong, or again, just harken back to that dad a few months ago. It's like, it's hopeless for me. You know, I have screwed up so bad, but if I could just point my kids to Jesus, that's what I'm still here to do. Like, whoever you think you are, you have not strayed far enough away that God still doesn't love you, and Jesus still didn't die for you. God is a God who rescues us, and so we need that today. Any, any of us this morning battling guilt, shame, disappointment, the things you've, you're just so broken about, the things you've done or said, you have a God who longs to rescue you through Jesus Christ, and that's the angel's message. And so on Christmas Eve, we're going to spend a little more time on, on Jesus. We figured Jesus would be right the right nativity person to have on Christmas Eve, so we'll unpack Christ and Lord a little bit more there. But wanted you to know that, that we have a God who loves to reveal himself to us. He loves to rescue us. And so um, I want to just ask one question here. So the angels gave this amazing statement that Jesus is Christ, Savior, Lord. He said, now there's a sign for you. There's a sign. And what a perfect sign for shepherds. What an accessible sign for shepherds. Hey guys, you can just run into that village over there and in a manger, like in a, in a barn or maybe in a cave with some animals, and you guys are good around animals, right? So you'll go there and you will find this one that I'm talking about. Like this shows us the heart of God that when he reveals himself to us and he reveals his plan to rescue us, he also gives us a sign. He gives us evidence along the way, okay? So you need to know that the heart of God isn't and maybe this isn't for you, but maybe this is for a friend of yours that's a little bit skeptical or maybe a little put off by what you believe. Like, like God isn't a God that just shoves this at you and says, hey, guess what, shepherd, Savior Christ, Lord, uh, has just been born. Accept it. Believe it. Like, he's like, no, it goes a step further. Like, you guys, there's a sign. You could go see this. You can go check this out for yourself. You can go experience this for yourself. Go. That's the heart of God about the whole Christian message. And I've, in fact, uh, this week, my wife is tutoring uh, athletes at the university, and it was her last day on Friday because now they have finals and all that. And so she really got into a good conversation with one of her athletes about faith. And this guy was talking about where he's from and what he believes, and then was starting to press in, though, about, about Lori and about what she believes. And, and I, rock star answer. She just said, you know what? Like, you got all these questions about it. Why don't you just start with the resurrection of Jesus? Like, did he really rise or not? Because I don't know if you know this, but in 1 Corinthians 15, where it talks about the resurrection of Jesus, uh, when Paul's writing that to some people, he says, you know what? When Jesus rose again from the dead, he appeared to 500 people at the same time. Like Paul's saying, like, if you don't believe me, just go check it out. Ask one of them. He says, some of them have fallen asleep. It's a nice way some of them have died. But there's a lot of them still alive. Like, go ask them. And if you keep reading in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says this, if uh, for this life only we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all men. If Christ has not been raised, we're still in our sins. And so, like, there's a tone throughout the Bible where God says, hey, I am offering you rescue through Jesus Christ. Now go check it out. Like, don't just accept that. Like, um, 
sometimes I'm, I'm in conversations with people, maybe you're in these kind of conversations too, like, well, if I could just see evidence, like I'm a, I'm a practical person, if I just saw evidence, then I would believe. It's almost like, really? So you're saying that Christians just believe and don't think? Like, I think the whole faith that God is inviting in, you into is one that has reason and faith involved, okay? And so I like flipping that on my friends at Asset. Well, I just need proof, and I need proof. It's like, well, how about, could you give me some proof maybe for some of the things you're clinging to? Like, so, for example, like, something came from absolutely nothing. So where's the proof? Like, like basically the point is, if you're believing in Jesus or not, or if you call yourself a skeptic uh, to religion and all that, you're still a person of faith. You're still trusting something to explain your worldview. And so I just love the heart of God, is that he's gonna, he's gonna invoke us, invite us to believe in Jesus, but he's also gonna give us evidence along the way. Go check it out. That's the heart of God. And so if like you're one of those, like you're checking out this whole thing, but keep talking to your friend who brought you um, if you'd like to talk to one of the pastors here, I'd like to share some things with you that have helped us come to faith. Um, but just know that you have a God who invites you to check it out, all right? So we have a God who reveals, a God who rescues. And the last thing I want us to, to just know before we go today is that we have a God who restores us, a God who loves to restore us. So verses 13 and 14 says, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So I would love to see a replay of this. Like maybe we get to heaven, we can see a best of the Bible stories and just watch these. But I would love to see like already one angel to all these shepherds was absolutely stunning and astonishing. But now on top of that, to have a whole host of angels just starting to sing, that just had uh, to, to just look and sound just incredible. Like I just, even that's a lame word. Like I don't know what that would be like to see that. And so um, how many of you went to Les Mis this week? Did some people get to go there? Amazing musical. My daughter um, never was on the stage at West High, but loved being behind doing props and different things. So she loved uh, plays. And so when she was at West High, there's a rhythm where in the fall they do a play, in the spring they do a musical. And so her, her little brother, my son, had to start going to these. And so like, I remember one of those times, he's like, okay, Dad, what's the difference between a play and a musical? It's like, well, Caleb, like, uh, the play, they just tell you the story. You kind of get, get through it. But in a musical, they'll tell a little bit of a story, then they got to stop and sing about it for a while. And then there'll be another, and then they got to stop and sing about it. And it kind of suspends reality. Like, you really expect, like, you can be walking through a town, and all of a sudden, like, all the villagers and everybody knows the same song. They're all in step with each other. There's choreography, you know, kind of rolling your eyes going, this doesn't really happen, Dad. It's like, I know, it's called a musical. It's a little bit different, right? And so... Um, and so I think that this scene here is about as close as, maybe it's a musical kind of scene here where all of a sudden, like, except that these that were singing this song, they had rehearsed for a long time. Because one of the roles you see in an, of an angel in Revelation 4 and 5 is that they are just completely blown away with Jesus Christ. Like they can't stop singing his praises. So I don't, this is a little Doug heresy here, so don't, I don't know that this is what would have happened. But I wonder if somehow God the Father's in heaven, like holding back the host, is like, no guys, one gets to go give the message. And they're all like, oh, but we want to sing. We want to like get in on that. And so finally, I don't know if God the Father said, oh, whatever, go. And so these guys all went and just 
blasted out this song of praise because I don't know if you know this, but if you look at 1 Peter 1.12, it says that of all the things the angels could be astonished with in heaven, I mean, they could just look at each other and be astonished. Man, you're a stud. Well, you are too. Like, just like, I mean, just each other would be amazing, but just all the sights in heaven or all the things that God has created. You know that Peter 1.12 says that angels long they just wonder. They're just drawn to the whole deal of the gospel unfolding to people, of people understanding the gospel of God. That's what rivets their attention, you guys. Like, that's what they get most excited about. And in Luke 15, when Jesus told a story of a lost son, a lost coin, and lost sheep, in Luke 15, 10, it says that when one sinner repents, the angels go crazy. Like, there's, there's celebration in heaven among the angels just one. Isn't that cool? Like if you're following Jesus today, the day you understood who Jesus really is and you repented of your sin and started following him, there was a party in heaven because angels get excited about the gospel going out. And so that's what you see here, that this is an amazing thing that the gospel is going out to these shepherds, that Jesus has come to the world, that God's plan to rescue the world is now unfolding. And the main message they had is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so the angels come to bring that message of peace on earth. And remember, here's maybe, I hope you're catching this. Like there's a myriad of angels. There's a whole choir of angels here. Remember that one of those angels could knock out 185,000 soldiers. That one of those angels cleared out all the enemies for the people of God to move into the promised land. Here, guys, if this would turn into a fight between angels versus shepherds, that's bad. I mean, that's worse than windshield bug. Like that's like, there is no competition. And yet God's host in all of its strength isn't there to announce war, but they're there to announce peace, you guys. That there's peace between us and our creator that we've rebelled against. And that in a world that's dark and because we're broken from our father in heaven, we treat each other like garbage. That in a world where there's so much darkness and pain and death and suffering, this whole powerful force of heaven is coming to say there is peace on earth now because Jesus Christ. So bring glory to God. So if there's a role the angels are playing for us today, guys, it's to get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes off of this world and the brokenness here and lift your eyes up to the God who is so good that he has revealed to you that he loves you and that he is offering to rescue. He is offering you peace with him through Jesus Christ. That's what the angels play such an important role in this whole deal, that we would understand who Jesus is and why he has come. And so, uh, guys, this is a hard time of year for a lot of people. I was talking last hour uh, that uh, a man who is just now beginning to reset a Christmas tree um, because three years ago his wife died, and they used to do that together. And there are so many reasons this is a hard time of year, and yet this is the time of year we talk about the angels, and we sing the angels' songs, and the angels <laughs> declare to us that we have a God who wants to give us peace. And so my encouragement to you this morning, um, let me just say one other thing. I just read this this week, that for 150 years in our country, life expectancy has been just going up, 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 up. Until the last two years, life expectancy in the United States is beginning to drop. And the two big reasons are, number one, opioid overdose, drug addiction overdose, and then second is, is suicide, hitting all ranges of our demographics. 
We are teched out like we've never been teched out. iPhone 10. Uh, we can travel like no other time, communicate, um, medical, healthcare, like just so many ways that things are improving, and yet we are a world that is not at peace. And we don't have to dig very far to see we're not at peace with each other either. And so it's in this time especially that we need to understand that God is offering us peace with him through Jesus Christ. And so to you this morning, I just remind you of that and invite you into that. We'll be praying with you up front. We pray with the person who brought you. If you're still trying to figure out who God is, my, my prayer for you is that you understand he's a God that's offering you peace with himself and in this life. And so my other prayer is that we would be a people that don't just sing about peace on earth or the peace that the angels told us about, but we have people who live this out. So I don't know if you caught when the coons were up here just kind of trying to be friendly and introduce themselves to us. Guys, there were just numerous examples of how these guys have served this church. Um, Stephanie wasn't lying about food. Like, we've had events around here with, like, 2,000 people. She's in charge of food. She's smiling the whole time. Like, it's because it's getting done. And it's just like, if that was me, I'd be in freak-out mode. There wouldn't be many smiles. There'd be tension. But she serves with such joy, opening their home to students, all that for so many years. Guys, this world needs to see people that just not are at peace with themselves, but when you have the peace of God, you're able to stop thinking about yourself and you just start stepping in where there's needs and start to serve. And I, sometimes I wonder if this world's tired of hearing our, our talk I wonder if this world needs to see what it looks like to have true followers of God really living the peace of God. As things get harder, as this world gets darker, they still see people living in the hope of the peace of God. And then we get a chance to share the hope that is within us, right? So um, let's just wrap up with this. There's an author named Tim Chester that um, encourages us that when we're battling things like fear or worry, when we forget about the peace that God is offering us, there are four truths, and they all start with G. So I love simple things like that, the four Gs. And here's a list of them right here. Uh, that God is great, so I don't have to be in charge. That God is glorious, so I don't have to be afraid. That God is gracious, so I don't have to measure up or prove myself. And that God is good, so I don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. It's just all results of being at peace with God through Jesus Christ. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is as that slide stays on the screen, uh, we're going to close in prayer, and let's apply what the angels have just told us about our God and about the gospel by having you take one of those four. Like, which one of those do you need? Which one of those truths do you need this morning in your soul, in your heart? Just grab one of those truths about God. Is he great, glorious, gracious, good? And just pray that back to him. Okay, give him your fear. Let's just go ahead and do that now. You guys go into a time of prayer. And just grab one of those G's and say, God, you are great. So God, you are an amazing God all the things you have created and made, including angels that are just, from what we understand, just incredibly glorious and powerful and beautiful, and yet they do your bidding. They don't get worshiped, you do. It just shows how strong, powerful, great and good you are. And so thank you for their message 
not just to shepherds, but to us today, that you are a God who wants to be at peace with us. You're a God that's not here to fight us or to go to war with us, because that would be hopeless on our case, but you are a God who moves toward us in grace, in love, goodness, and you want us to be at peace with you. God, I pray if there's anyone here, God, just battling just whatever it is in their lives, if there's no peace, there's been no sleep, there's been no rest, there's been fear and anxiety, God, would the truth of Christmas, of the gospel, just dig deep into those hearts today. And God, would you please unleash a people that don't just know the carols or know the Christmas story, but could we be a people that actually live it out and just live at peace with you, knowing that you have us, you've loved us, you've cared for us, and that unleashes us to stop thinking about ourselves and to start living where we see needs. And may we do that to point people to you and not ourselves. May the message of Christmas Christmas spread through this church, God, throughout this week. We love you. Thank you for teaching us today. In your great name we pray. Amen.